The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences. If you are not an adult, please do not let your parents know you're listening to this, and don't repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please drink responsibly. Now that we have all that covered, let's start the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 290-something. I just realized I didn't number the episode, but you know what episode you're listening to because you clicked on it to download it or whatever you did to uh, watch it or listen to it. Um, today's Sunday, November 6th. Uh, if you're watching this show live, it's either on YouTube or Twitter. Because the Facebook page has been obliterated. I have no idea what happened. It just doesn't exist anymore. Uh, if you search for MMA on the Rocks on Facebook, there are no results. I have no idea what I did to the, the people of Facebook to turn them on me like this. Um, We've been banned from broadcasting on Facebook before, but we were still able to post. um, So I could share the YouTube videos, et cetera, or like stupid memes that I make. Um, But now we are, um, it appears for the time being, anyway, we're banned from Facebook altogether. So, I, I did some Googling and I can't figure out what's wrong, what would have possibly led to the page being deleted, but here we are. So it's either somebody at Facebook just hates this show um, and has been out to get us or, um, you, you know, somebody hacked it, but I I can't see... I don't think I've made any enemies to the point where people would take the time to uh, try and hack my Facebook page and delete it. Um, So I don't know what's going on. Uh, If anybody knows how to fix this sort of thing, please feel free to reach out on another social media platform since I can't see your messages on Facebook anymore, which is I know is the way that some of you have gotten in touch with me in the past. Um, so if you need to get a hold of me, it's at MMA on the rocks on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. So you can reach me there. If you want to catch the show live, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and Twitter, turn on your notifications, uh, so that you know when the show is going live. I'm a little bit baffled. I mean, just found this out, uh, right before I turned on, uh, the podcast, I went to, uh, go live and. It told me Facebook was disconnected, which happens from time to time. So I went to fix it. And um, yeah, my page is no more. So all that content that was posted on Facebook is just gone. So I guess I'm going to have to reach out to somebody there to help me with this. But um, I, I also am at the point where I don't really care about Facebook anymore. Um 
it, it's just been nothing but headaches. Uh, and they, they, they ban you for no reason. I wish Elon Musk would buy Facebook now. Elon, if you're watching, um, can you go ahead and just buy Facebook too and, uh, and reinstate MMA on the rocks, please? Uh, <laughs> you got an extra, um, I don't know what it would cost to, to buy Facebook, an extra $300 billion lying around uh, just to help me out here with my little podcast. I would, I would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, wild stuff going on in the world. No show last week. That was my fault. Well, not entirely my fault. I had a little mishap at the gym while I was holding pads um, for a training partner. I took a, a blow to the throat, an accidental blow to the throat. Uh, it's kind of a long story how it happened. Um, but it was um, a fellow training partner's shoulder hit me uh, like right in the esophagus and something popped out of place. Uh, I lost my voice for a couple of days um, and it was, it was pretty painful, started to get better. And then out of nowhere, um, something popped out of place again. I should probably see a doctor about it or something, but um, you know, Motrin and, and ice has been doing the trick so far. So, if it gets any worse, I guess I'll go see a doctor next week. But um, that's why there was no show last week. Uh, no Jeff the Animal Wilson this week because you guessed it, folks. He's on the road again up in Boston, Massachusetts, visiting Beantown. Um, just having the time of his life, this guy. Not a care in the world. Uh, traveling all over the globe, uh, all over the country, just having a blast. Last I spoke to him, though, he did not go to the Cheers bar. And those of you who know Jeff know that he is obsessed with the show Cheers as well as Frasier, which was kind of a spinoff from Cheers. But I'm kind of disappointed that Jeff didn't make it to the Cheers bar. He goes all the way up to Boston and doesn't even, uh, doesn't even visit the Holy Land. So uh, we got we to gotta find out what's going on with that. I'll, I'll grill him uh, next time we have him on the show. But uh, he's actually driving back from Boston's four, four or five hour drive back to New Jersey, whatever it is. So he's doing that right now. Maybe he's listening. How's it going, Jeff? Let me know if you made it to, uh, if you made it to cheers after all. So uh, that's what's going on here. I hope everybody had a great Halloween. Um, I know I did. Uh, my daughter's at the age where Halloween's just really a lot of fun. Uh, she picked out her costume in like July and surprisingly stuck with it. You know, usually kids, like, they change their mind a million times. In July, uh, she decided she wanted to be Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz and um, stuck with it the whole time. When it came down to, you know, going out and buying her costume or ordering her costume online, whatever it is we did, you know, my wife handles all that stuff. Uh, it was still Dorothy. And she had me dress up as the Scarecrow and my wife dressed as the Tin Woman. And, uh, you know, we did, we, we frolicked down the yellow brick road that is our hometown and did the trick or treating thing. And it was, it was a really great time. It's all, it's awesome that, uh, you know, she's of the age where she's really a lot of fun to do things with now because she can actually hold conversations and tell you how she's feeling, which is a big help as a parent. Uh, some people never figure that out, but luckily at the age of four, 
Uh, my daughter has mastered that skill somewhat. Uh, as, as much as a four-year-old can master it, I guess. Um, before we get into anim any MMA, I need to talk about BKFC 32 because I had some past and current teammates who all had success on this card. Um, my former training partner, uh, Brandon Allen, and I say former just because we went separate ways, went to different gyms. There's no bad blood or anything. Um, but we used to train together. Now we don't. Brandon Allen, uh, third round TKO over Josh Merrer. Uh, so big win for him. Uh, knocked a guy down like six times in this fight. So I'm sure his hands are sore today. Uh, my former training partner, Ryan Reber, defeated Jack Grady. And if you're into BKFC and you missed this card, I recommend watching this fight. Um, th this fight was wild from, from the get-go. So Ryan won via disqualification. So during the weigh-ins, these two got in each other's faces. They were screaming at each other. Um, it, it got a little chaotic. And then in the first round, Grady headbutt ryan in the face like clearly intentionally to the point that uh the referee separated them uh asked ryan if he was okay and deducted a point immediately um then he's getting tagged up in the second round goes and does it again <laughs> and the referee just calls the fight uh disqualification for my boy ryan reber congratulations to him uh, 3-0 and in BKFC. Uh, super happy for that, dude. Um, but the fight was wild. So then after uh, the disqualification is announced, Ryan goes over, flips the double bird to Jack Grady. Uh, Grady attacks Ryan. A melee ensues. A whole bunch of people come into the ring. And out of nowhere, you see Dave Feldman, the promoter of BKFC, just beeline to Jack Grady and tackle him. <laughs> It's a wild scene, um, but I, I recommend checking it out and not just because my buddy was the one who won the fight, but uh, it was a spectacle for sure. Immediately after that, my current uh, training partner and my boxing coach, J.R. Ridge, defeated Chansey Wilson, and this was just a fantastic fight. Two flyweights, they were really going at it. Uh, I was worried going into the fifth round of this fight for JR because I scored the first three rounds for him and the fourth round for Wilson. But the third round was questionable because I thought JR was doing more damage and, and landing the better shots. But um, Wilson was like kind of yelling and, and talking a lot of shit and he was kind of being the aggressor. JR was counterfighting. So I thought the judges could have, given Wilson that third round as well. And then I thought Wilson won the fourth round. Um, so I thought going into, and, and JR was looking fatigued in the fourth round too, but uh, I thought going into the fifth round, it was two to two. And JR came out in that fifth round and just turned it up a notch. Like he really unleashed the dog uh, and, and showed what kind of fighter he is. And, and had Wilson like basically TKO'd at the end of the fight he had him collapsed against the ropes. Uh, super proud 
of of jr for that performance and then it turned out that two of the judges had given him all five rounds which i i don't even agree with that and this is <laughs> this is a good buddy of mine a training partner that i see every week uh, <laughs> uh we've, we've been training together for a few years now and even i wouldn't have given him all five rounds you know i was worried going into that fifth round i gave him one through three but the fourth round it, it seemed like you know Maybe he took it off because he thought he was up or, you know, I'll ask him about it next week, obviously. But, um, yeah, I didn't think he won the fifth round. One judge gave it 50-47, which is a weird score. It means there must have been a few 10-10 rounds. Um, I guess those third and fourth rounds that were pretty close, I guess they gave a draw. But in any case, uh, big congratulations to my brother, J.R. Ridge, on yet another BKFC win. Now... Where do we start? I guess I'll start with the most recent uh, UFC card with, um, let's see, what was it? UFC Vegas 64. Yeah, so back at the Apex, um, this card was supposed to be Bryce Mitchell and somebody, uh, but it wound up being Amanda Lemos and Marina Rodriguez. Rodriguez was the favorite going into this, but Lemos has that power that just... You know, she's got that game-changing power uh, and showed it at the end of the third round. Um, you know, once she had Marina hurt, she just swarmed her and was just clubbing her up against the cage until Jason Herzog, who, for my money, is the best referee in the game, stepped in and stopped it. Rodriguez was still standing, but probably not for long. Um, just, just brutal knockout power, especially for a straw weight. Uh, you know, we're not used to seeing this kind of punching power at this weight class. Uh, you know, we've we seen, uh, you know, obviously Rose Nami Yunus has knockout power, but, you know, she's knocked out with, she's knocked people out with kicks. Um, and, and with the punches, it's more of a volume thing. Um, we've seen, you know, Yoani and Jacek super technical and, and, accurate striker uh scary on the feet but she never had that one punch knockout power so i don't know this may be correct me if i'm wrong this may be the first time we're seeing this at, at straw weight uh which is exciting for that division uh you know the uh the championship is about to be contested um next week i think is that on this card yep uh, Carlos Esparza and Wiley Zhang, a co-main event next week. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, this fight, this main event, uh, I don't imagine there were a, a ton of eyeballs on it. Um, it's just not like, it's not an interest-peaking fight for most people. It turned out to be a great fight. Um, but it it was also kind of like, you know, Marina was playing it very smart, very technical. Uh, she was trying to counter fight a lot. Um, she was picking her shots. And Lemos was a lot more patient than I thought she would be. Um, and I think she surprised a lot of people with her patience. Because um, usually, you know, she's looking to land a big shot right away. But, you know, maybe going into this, she realized it's a five-round fight. She's got to pace herself. Um and 
yeah, I mean, she did, she did a great job of that. So credit to her. Let me see if I can get the, uh, show you guys what I'm looking at here. Um, yeah, but again, I, I think because of this main event, it, it's possible that, you know, there weren't a ton of eyeballs on it. Um, co-main event, great fight. Neil Magny, Daniel Rodriguez. Um, this was, I'm getting a little confused with this. I know, I think maybe Rodriguez won the first round and then Magny came back and controlled the second round. Did I get that right? It was one or the other. And, um, I'll tell you guys, it's not even because I was drinking while I was watching this. Um, truth be told, uh, it's no booze November for me. Uh, this is my dry month of the year. I try to take, try to take a month off every year just to let the organs get some blood in them for a change. Uh, so the the wife randomly wanted to do November this year, and looking at the calendar, we didn't have a whole lot going on, so. Um, I didn't need alcohol to cope with or anything this month, but, uh, yeah, taking, taking the month off and getting a little cleanse, a little detox, but, uh, yeah, I can't remember who won which round in this. I'm pretty sure Rodriguez won the first and then Magni came back and it looked like, um, it looked like Rodriguez had Magni hurt in that last round and then Magni came out of nowhere um, with, with the, I believe it was a Darsh choke, uh, that he finished him with. It says a Brabo choke here, but, um, yeah, man, Neil Magny is just a talk about durable. I mean, the guy, you know, he, he can take a licking and keep on kicking, so to speak. Um, so that was a good fight. Then we had, Nurdenbeck Shailon uh, <laughs> over Derek Minner. And there was some kind of injury on Minner's part uh, in the opening exchange of this fight. They exchanged like a couple of strikes and it looked like Minner's uh, knee blew out or something. And Shailon just mauled him, like didn't give him a second to breathe or think about it. Um, ends up being a TKO. Um, but hopefully, hopefully his knee just clicked out of place or something and he didn't injure something badly. Let's hope that's the case. And then we had, um, then we had Tagir Ulanbekov, uh, <laughs> over, uh, Nathan Maness. Uh, this was just a straight mauling. Um, just, dragged him to the ground and it was was kind of holding him down and then as Maness started to get up he got caught in a high elbow guillotine that just looked that just looked brutal brutal so let's see our friend Mark Fellows over in Australia saying Minner's coach won a lot of money on that fight so I heard Hmm. Sounds scandalous, Mark. Sounds quite scandalous. Um, I don't want to be one to uh, throw accusations, but 
I'm interested to hear if there's a backstory on that one. Where he kicked a guy in the leg before he got in there so he could make a few bucks. Ah, let me know when you find out some details on that. This fight was surprising. Grant Dawson uh, submits Mark O'Madson. So Mark O'Madson, uh, Olympic silver medalist. Uh, however, it, it was surprising that I was seeing Dawson out grapple a, a high level wrestler. Um, like right, like while I was watching the fight, but then I found out that Dawson missed weight and that this fight was 158 pound catch weight. Um, that makes a huge difference. You know, I mean, Mark Madsen is, is used to competing with people who make weight like to the ounce, you know, obviously wrestlers of that caliber take weight cutting very seriously. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was surprised to see Dawson take him down so easily still though. Um, you know, it was, he was just grabbing single legs and then, once he got on top, it seemed like Madsen was very uncomfortable off his back, which is understandable. Um, yeah, I mean, great performance from Dawson, but, like, make weight, dude. Come on. Um, or or move up. You know, go up to 170. We don't need this. Uh, Miranda Maverick defeated Shawna Young. Full disclosure, I didn't see the prelims, so if anything really stood out that I need to go back and watch, uh, which it looks like was almost all finishes except for Miranda Maverick and Johnny Munoz Jr. Uh, all finishes. I definitely want to check out this uh, Tamiris Vidal flying knee to the body uh, TKO in the first fight of the night. Uh, that sounds like it was a good one. And Mario Batista, another... Uh, Another fight where someone missed weight. Uh, Mario Batista submits Benito Lopez with a reverse triangle armbar. Um, and uh, Pollyanna Viana against Jinyu Frey. 47-second knockout. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and watch that one. After I was just after I just got through saying, like, oh, we don't see a whole lot of knockouts at strawweight. Uh, <laughs> of course, there was one on the same card that I didn't see. It's just the universe will just do anything to prove that I don't know what I'm talking about. And um, I'm fine with it. I find it humorous, actually. That's that card, folks, in a nutshell. Kind of breezed through that one pretty quick. But um, it was a quick card. You know, 11 fights. And there was only, let's see, only two decisions. On the whole thing. Can't ask for much better than that. For free. I mean what else do you want for free? Pretty pretty solid card. I mean I I went back. Um, I didn't get to see this live. Um, I was out doing stuff with the family. But um, I was able to watch it in like an hour. <laughs> with the uh, fast forwarding through the commercials and in between the fights, you know, I watched the whole main card in like an hour. So, uh, you, you can't ask for much better than that. In my opinion. 
let's see. I got to change uh, change the screen for what I'm looking at here. So you guys are going to have to look at just my face for a second while I figure out how to share the screen again. Um, for those of you just joining, I have been uh, excommunicated from Facebook once again. Uh, and it's not just for live broadcast. It's the whole page is gone. They, they just deleted me from existence. So uh, MMA on the Rocks no longer exists on Facebook as of this moment right now. Um, I don't know who I pissed off at Facebook and for what reason, but uh, if we don't get it fixed, then, uh, you know, make sure you're following or subscribed on on Twitter or YouTube or, you know, all that stuff. Spotify, iTunes, AM radio in, uh, in Kenosha. I think we're on, I don't know. Anyway, um, real quick. I, I found this so interesting last week. So Arnold Allen, big win over Calvin Cater. Um, and in the long run, it's not going to matter that uh, Cater got injured uh, because it's it's a TKO win for Arnold Allen over you know a top featherweight, and th this guy is just a beast. And he was dominating Cater pretty much. He was he was running away with this fight. Um, and then Cater goes to throw a knee from like way too far away. And it looks like he hyperextended his other knee. Um, very unfortunate, but like very confusing because this is like maybe the sixth main event this year that's ended in an injury. I don't know. I don't know if it's been that many, but it seems like a lot. Tom Aspinall, Brian Ortega. Um, it, there, there were a few like, co-main events too i believe and now add calvin cater to the list it's strange it's very strange and i think the last time i brought this up i told you guys um i had a, a chiropractor when i was back in new york and he was a big new york giants fan and he would he would talk to me oh tj dillashaw as well with the shoulder thing thank you mark um so this chiropractor was a big new york giants fan and he was just talking to me about uh you know, all the injuries in football. And he said, in his opinion, these guys are just getting too big and strong for their own bodies. And, you know, the, the joints can't keep up. And I'm wondering if that's what's taking place in MMA because it's still a fairly young sport. Uh, 1993 was, yeah, almost 30 years ago. Um, yeah, just about, right? 29 years ago. So in that time, you know, we've seen the sport evolve so much and people realize like, oh, jujitsu is super important. Oh, but for jujitsu to be effective, you got to have wrestling. And oh, you can't just have wrestling. You got to learn how to strike. And oh, now you got to do everything. You got to mix it all together. We're learning this in real time, right? Some of us have been fans of the sport the whole time this has happened. We've, we saw it all happen in real time. So now we realize all this about the mechanics of the sport, but now add in nutrition and strength and conditioning. 
and you know you get you get quote unquote experts coming from all over the place like oh this is the way you got to do your strength and conditioning um you know i remember when rich franklin was champion watching watching videos of him train for his title fight he was working out on like smith machines and doing doing circuits on there now you wouldn't see a fighter like going anywhere near that stuff um but you know as the strength and conditioning evolved and got more specific to MMA, you have, like I said, people are figuring it out in real time. So they're trying to revolutionize it. They're trying to be ahead of the curve. And in doing so, it seems like we're in a swing now. We're in like an era of guys are either overtraining or they're doing things that's causing damage to their joints and they're not aware of it. So maybe some new training tactic that, you know, has made its rounds within the community. And, and we may not know for several years what's causing it. Maybe it's a certain supplement that, you know, a fucking protein powder everybody's taking that, that, grinds the cartilage in your joints but makes your muscles swell up who knows who knows maybe it's these guys are cutting too much weight um you know that could be a big factor as well you know you're not rehydrating properly um you're carrying all this extra weight uh, more stress on your joints it could be a combination of all these things and I feel like we're going to have a revelation in the coming years. Like, oh, well, back in 2000, from 2020 to 2024, everybody was doing this one exercise for strength and conditioning. Turns out uh, it really fucks up your knees, <laughs> you know? Who knows? Like, yeah, everybody was, was, running uphill with 75 pound kettlebells and they got super strong, but uh, just tore the shit out of the, the ligaments in their, in their knees. And um, you know, they got in the cage and their, their tendons were just made of dust. So who knows? Maybe it's something like that. Maybe not. Uh, in any case, big win for Arnold Allen. Maybe it's just a bunch of fluke uh, coincidences. Uh, Max Griffin defeats Tim means by split decision. Um, it, that was a pretty good fight. Pretty good fight. Um, I, I'm not going to go over this, this card too much because I'm sure you guys, uh, heard so much about it already, but, um, Trayshawn Gore with a, a nice, uh, guillotine submission over josh friend uh he got a fight of the night bonus i believe khalil roundtree and dustin jacoby this was the uh the controversial one of the night uh, a lot of people feel like jacoby should have gotten the nod there um i thought it was a close fight i thought khalil roundtree was being a little passive you know he did a lot of training in thailand where you know, in, in Thailand, they fight so frequently, and I'm talking about Muay Thai kickboxing, they fight so frequently that it's a general rule that they take off the first round. And it, it's kind of like a gentleman's agreement uh, that they do that. Um, so I don't know if 
Khalil Roundtree has kind of adopted that kind of mentality, but yeah, it was still a pretty close fight. And then we had uh, Roman Delidze with a knockout of Phil Hawes in the first round. Uh, that was pretty devastating. A pretty awesome fight that one was. Uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima submits Andre Arlovsky in the first round. Man, that was depressing. Arlovsky's been around like this sport's been around since 93. Arlovsky's been doing this since 89. Something like that. <laughs> he's been fighting so long. He's He's been around since before the sport. He predates the sport of MMA. Um, man, what a legend. 40-something years old. How old is this guy? Let me see. 43? 43? Jeez, I thought he was like 49. All right. 43. 43. That means he could do another two years in the UFC and then still make a run in Bellator at heavyweight. He wants to. He'll be like, watch out for this guy. He's only 45. <laughs> the Bellator heavyweight division will be shaking in their walkers. Um, Let's see. Then the other big one, a lot of people talking about Chase Hooper. TKO by Steve Garcia in the first round. Um, I, I know this kid's taking a beating. Like he's, what, what is he, 23 years old? I and I don't mean taking a beating in the cage, but um, just uh, in the media and stuff like that. Um, I I think it was just too much too soon, you know. His striking wasn't developed enough to be to be fighting at this level, and and even the fights that he's won recently, he's taken so much damage. It's just not going to be good for a sustainable career. Um, his striking defense. Uh, needs a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, he's, he's a tough kid and he's got a lot of skills. Obviously his ground game is, is phenomenal, but, um, you know, getting in there with very little striking experience and, um, holes in your defense at this level of the sport is just dangerous. And, um, you know, I don't want to see the I don't want to see the guy get hurt. I hope he takes like a good amount of time off and really focuses on that defense. And the thing with like learning kickboxing or boxing when you come from another discipline, when you first learn, you're learning how to throw punches and how to throw kicks and how to set things up and how to move your feet. Um Defense is not typically the thing you learn right away. Um, you kind of have to have the fundamentals down. And because people learn in that order, um, if you start getting in there and competing uh, before you get to the point where where you've developed the defense and all you have is offense, but if your offense doesn't work and you can't get the fight to the ground, um, you can get yourself in some trouble. And um Hopefully he figures it out. I mean, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Seems like a good kid. Um, I, I, I hope he does. And uh, again, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on him or anything. I know he's been taking a beating in the media, but um, 
yeah, I would love to see him just work that striking defense, work, work more evasive maneuvers, you know, not keep his head straight up and, um, you know, hopefully he's able to have a, a long career, sustainable career. Um, all right. Let's get through this now. Um, all right. My screen sharing is all wonky today. Bear with me, folks. Bear with me. All right. I got it here. I've got it. So next week's the big one. November 12th. Kind of bummed. I'm going to be sober for this one. I would love to have a drink to enjoy this main event. But, you know, it helps a little more important. we got to worry about longevity here. Just like Chase Hooper, you know. I I need to, my body needs to work on its defense. Got a lot of offense. You know, I'm able to take in a lot of booze. But, you know, I've got to defend myself against, um, you know, other shit. Got to drink a lot of water. Taking a lot of protein, you know what I'm saying? All right, so this is a big one. This is a grudge match. Everybody knows the backstory here. These two guys, Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champ, and Alex Perea, have met twice in the world of kickboxing. The first time Adesanya got knocked out, the second time he lost the decision. Perea thinks he's got Adesanya's number. Adesanya thinks, you know, I've been developing in MMA and this isn't kickboxing, and I'm not the same fighter I've been. We all know the X's and O's here. Now, what's going to happen in this one? I don't have a clue. Um, Adesanya seems to do his best work, aside from the Jan Blachowicz fight where he was just, you know, Jan was just too too big. Aside from that, Adesanya seems to do his best like in the fights where people think he's going to lose. He's just that kind of fighter where if you back him into a corner, that's where he shines. And he's backed into a corner here. You know, people have been sharing the clip of him getting knocked out by Perea. Um, you know, it, it, it's a dark shadow that's cast over his career. Uh, it was being shared before this guy even appeared in the UFC and started obliterating people. I don't think it will affect Adesanya mentally. Um, but here's the thing. Even if it doesn't affect him mentally, does he have better skills than this guy? Yeah, you know, in kickboxing, we've seen, you know, he lost twice, obviously. So, you know, you lose two times to a guy, you kind of have to say that guy probably has better skills. But this is MMA. It's not kickboxing. There's small gloves. Adesanya has a lot more experience. Like three times as much experience with these small gloves. Getting the timing down. Um, you know, using things like, like the clinch, um, 
dirty boxing and, and things that, that don't exist in kickboxing or that aren't used very much. Um, you know, he's, he's went and got himself a purple belt under Andre Galvao. I don't think, I don't think he'll try and take this fight to the ground, but I think it would be interesting if he does. Then you have Perea on the other hand, who has been training with Glover Teixeira. Glover, a light heavyweight says this guy's a handful to grapple with. Glover Teixeira, high level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Won the light heavyweight championship and almost defended it. Longtime training partner of Chuck Liddell back in the day. Glover was the guy that people were talking about needed to be in the UFC. And now Glover's the guy saying Perea's a handful in the gym. That's interesting to me. That's more interesting to me than the two wins Perea has over Adesanya. That was... You know, that was a generation ago. That was before COVID. COVID lasted 19 years. And it was before that. So that's old news. But now the fighters that these two have become, that's what interests me about this fight. I don't think Perea is in his head. I really don't. I think Adesanya is good about that stuff. I think it's going to come down to who is the more skilled fighter. And Adesanya has all the experience in his corner. He's got a ton of skills. He's probably more well-rounded. But Perea is just a killer, man. That's a scary dude. He just has to touch it one time. He's got 25 minutes to do it. Adesanya's got power too. He's got that precision knockout power where he can, you know, he'll stun you with a couple of shots and then set you up for the big one. But Perea can pull the big one out of a hat. And that's what makes this fight intriguing. Madison Square Garden, you know, could there be a bigger stage? Then we got to jump down a card. Talk about this. I'm not even going to say the second most. The most important fight on this card is my man, Matt Steamroller Frivola, finally getting in there against Otman Azaitar. If you'll remember, these two were supposed to fight during the pandemic when they were on Yaz Island, where everybody had to be COVID tested to come in. You guys remember all this 19 years ago during COVID. Remember COVID? Yes, remember that shit? <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna get one of those uh I'm gonna get one of those uh COVID warning things on my Spotify now. That's if I haven't get gotten kicked off of Spotify too. Um giving you guys false information about COVID just because I asked you if you remember it. Um anyway, Frivola and uh, Azaitar was supposed to fight, and then Azaitar was caught on camera, like climbing the balcony uh, from one hotel room to another with like a bag of stuff. Uh, we still don't know what was in the bag. He says he was potatoes, but 
I don't know. He got booted out of Yaz Island. I thought he got kicked out of the UFC. Um, let's see. Did he have a fight outside of the UFC? He's still undefeated. So we got the bulldozer versus the steamroller here. You got to love that. Okay, so I, he hasn't fought. So Zaitar has not fought since September 12, 2020. What was it? That was during COVID, so 17, 18 years ago, something like that. I don't know. Math's not my thing, guys. But uh, my boy Frivola has had a long layoff himself. He hasn't fought since that awesome performance against Gennaro Valdez in January. So he's been out of there, what, nine months? Almost 10 months. Pretty long layoff there, too. And he wasn't in there a long time. He was in there for three minutes. So the bulldozer and the steamroller are going in there, uh, you know, with with three minutes of, of octagon time combined in the last uh, in the last two years. But obviously, you guys know where my loyalty lies here. I'm with my boys, Steamroller. Um, so don't even question me on that. Uh, co-main event, Carlos Barza putting a title on the line against Wiley Zhang. This is an interesting fight. Um, I feel like... You guys are going to think I'm crazy. I feel like when she's on, Carlos Barza is the better fighter here. I know a lot of, a lot of you gonna think i'm crazy for saying that but uh carla has had points in her career where she just wasn't into it i i think that's the best way to put it i i just feel like you know maybe she didn't want to be there she was just fighting for money i don't i don't know i don't know her personal story that's just my observation as a guy who watches the sport and observes people but the times when she seemed motivated, like she was training hard, Carla Esparza is a fucking handful. She's a handful to deal with. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if she went in there and beat up Wiley Zhang for five rounds. I would not be surprised. If she shows up, you know, we'll know when we get a little more through fight week, it'll kind of, I, I think she'll kind of show which, uh, which manifestation of herself is going into this fight and we'll have a better idea. And, um, I would say wait until then before you put any bets down, especially based on, you know, the bullshit ramblings that I have on here. I'm not even allowed on Facebook for God's sakes. Don't, don't, don't bet your hard earned money on anything I say. Um, but all I'm saying is if she looks sharp this week, I wouldn't be surprised if she beats up Wiley Zhang for five rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way either. You know, Zhang's an incredible fighter, but I also think Esparza has something to prove here because she's coming off of winning the title in like, 
one of the least desirable ways possible. I mean, that fight with Rose Namajunas was like an all-time stinker. Um, and it's like, I, I don't know how that fight was even judged and like how she came away with with uh, with the win, but she did. She's got the belt. She's going to defend it. And uh, I feel like she's got something to prove. All right, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. Who's not excited for this fucking fight? This one is going to be phenomenal. Uh, Chandler's a wild man. Uh, he's going to he's gonna just run across the cage at Dustin Poirier. Poirier is a technician. Uh, both of these guys are good everywhere. Obviously, Michael Chandler has big advantages in the power and in the wrestling. Um, he, but as far as like, technical boxing skills you got to go with Poirier if you want to go um you want to talk about submissions Poirier's got better submissions though it's it's been a while since he's submitted anybody um this one's this one's gonna be fun this is one that I would have loved to see like for five rounds like a fight night main event but you know here we got it in the middle of the main car on a pay-per-view I'm not mad about it at all um, I feel like a lot of people are just as excited about this one as they are about the main event. Frankie Edgar getting in there with Chris Gutierrez. I don't know why. Um, Dan Hooker and Claudio Puelas. Um, that's a fun fight. And then uh, his teammate Brad Riddell. Going in there against Hanato Moicano. That's an interesting one. Very interesting. Wow, this card is awesome. Looking this up and down. Dominic Reyes and Ryan Spann. This is on the prelims. This is a great card. Aaron Blanchfield and Molly McCann. Andre Petrosky and Wellington Terman. That's going to be a big one. Of course... Steamroller and Atmino Zaitar. And you got Karolina Kovalkiewicz way down on the prelims against Silvana Gomez Juarez. Mike Trezano and Sungwoo Choi. That's actually a good fight. Julio Arce, Montel Jackson. And then Carlos Olberg, 6 and 1 Carlos Olberg against Nikolai Negamaranu. First fight of the night. 14 fights on this card. This card is pretty stacked. This is this is one of the biggest cards of the year. You know, you got the grudge match in the, in the main event. A lot of people are looking forward to this one. There's a lot of Izzy haters out there. A lot of people waiting for his downfall. You know, the loss against Yan wasn't enough for them. Um, you know, they want to see him. They want to see him, you know, go down. Like that's just that's just how it is when you're great. You know, when you're great, there's always going to be people lining up. The greater you are, the more people there will be lining up, rooting for you to fail. That's just something that comes with greatness. And Israel Adesanya is is you know one of the greatest to ever do it. You know, one of the top pound-for-pound uh, pound fighters in the world. 
man, this car is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to this. All right. Well, it's been a night, folks. Found out I got kicked off of Facebook. Everybody else is all upset about Twitter. And here I am saying, fuck Facebook. The Twitter thing hasn't affected me at all. I wasn't verified on Twitter, so I don't have to pay $8. So that's nice. Um, I feel like I'm saving 8 bucks a month now. Um, somebody needs to go in there and, and buy Facebook and fix this. So, you know, Alan, get, you know, withdraw your Bitcoin or something, scrounge together 300 billion or so, and, um, and and go take down Zuckerberg too. It's not enough that you're, that you're reorganizing Twitter. Like we gotta, we gotta, um, we gotta get this show back on Facebook here. So do me a solid, will you? Um, Obviously, you guys know. I'm just kidding around. I don't. I don't really care. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of Jeff the Animal Wilson, uh, you can't. Uh, so you can send me a message, and uh, I'll get a hold of him for you. Since he's uh out traveling once again, went up to Boston. If you guys want to get some uh, merchandise, please do. As always, I'll put the links in the show notes. Uh, it's through our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order. Grab yourself one of our T-shirts, tank tops, or hoodies. Or you can get yourself some fight gear. Um, the guys I talked about earlier on the show, Brandon Allen, um, Ryan Reber, J.R. Ridge, they all have merchandise available. Um through team reaper so if you guys want to support some fighters uh team reaper is awesome because they put money in the pockets of the fighters so those of you who are always saying fighters need to get paid more now you do your part get some cool cool shirts and and uh gear and uh give them some money uh so they can uh watch their diets and get their training gear and and stuff that they need um that's it i had a good time talking to you guys um and and ranting about Facebook. And uh, maybe we'll get it fixed. Maybe we won't. But either way, uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. So until then, cheers, everybody. Bye. <laughs>